Good evening, friends. Pulling out of the office here, Healthy Balance Chiropractic. Heading home for the day. It was a pretty decent day. Nice slow pace for a Monday. Dog days of summertime sort of schedule. Rami, he's got a new sign for the Indian Deli. Looks pretty good. Otherwise, we got a ghost town around here. Maybe the mechanic shop. They're finishing up for the day. The dog days of summer signifies, you know, the end of something. It's a uh, kind of a hiatus in the good times. We got one more uh, last hurrah for the summer. Labor Day weekend, right? It's coming up before we know it. School's starting, even though it's going to be virtual for the most part. People are going to be recommitting to work and recommitting to their schedules, squeezing in those last-minute vacations. Big, fat, choking, puke-eating fucks pulling out of Wendy's in their minivans. little gentle pitter-patter of the raindrops as I kind of slink out of Lansdale here on my way up to the country in the country view. Clear horizon ahead. Looking forward to getting home and fucking chowing down and kissing my family and petting my dog and Sleeping in a little bit tomorrow, off on Tuesdays. <clears throat> I had a uh, an encounter this afternoon. Good, very good friend of mine, very nice patient. We're talking about. She just kind of out of nowhere towards the end of the adjustment. He said, "Oh, well, you're in the Marines. What'd you what'd you do in the Marines?" I said. I paused for a moment, like, what exactly to say? Do I tell her I was in? 0311 infantryman. Well, I tell her I was a grunt, a ground pounder, a foot soldier. How do I find some sort of the words to communicate what it was that I did, what my, my job title, my occupation was for the measly four years that I continuously talk about and can't seem to put out of my mind to a very intense, fun, four-year period following my graduation from high school where it was kind of like a, a test, an adventure, a vision quest. I told her I was a killer, and I was a, a trained killer, that's what I did. Um, not to sound like some kind of badass, or for any shock value or anything like that, but that really is what, that's about the size of it, that's what the job was. Trained to kill. How to dispatch the enemy, how to neutralize the enemy, 
how to locate, close with, and destroy the enemy by fire and maneuver, or repel the enemy's assault by close combat. You know, all these little acronyms and all these little ditties and all these little phrases. The more you sweat in peace, the less you bleed in war. Train how you intend to fight. All these things that I've recycled and applied to The mundane, as uh, I've dubbed it before, gaming the mundane. My buddy tells me it's one of his favorite, my favorite titles of a podcast was to game the mundane. And it always, we always circle back to that. And I'm always, you know, we shine. I don't think we can help but shine our, all of our experiences, our collective experiences as a human being on every other thing that we encounter. It's like, because I have done this or that, success or failure, whatever the case, I can apply that to this and, you know, hopefully come home with the prize in, in whatever endeavor. So that's that's how I replied to her. I said, that's the way it is. And I described uh, the young man of last week who contacted me via Facebook I had, I had known him since he was single digits, and he asked, you know, hey, what should I do? You know, I'll go in the Marine Corps, or do I go in the, you know, the Army or the Air Force? Somebody said that in the Air Force you get a good uh, desk job, and I like to work on my hands. Well, what do you like to do with your hands? You know, you like to strangle somebody? You like to um, poke somebody's eye out? You like to fucking pull the trigger? You like to set the... Uh, set out a Claymore mine, <laughs> you know, you like to butt stroke somebody or poke them with a bayonet, you like to shoot a rocket launcher, an anti-tank round, blow off some munitions, drop mortar rounds into a tube, funk. Look for the splash, which is basically when the you see the dirt fly up in the vicinity of a uh, of the enemy. Hopefully, right on it. That's what you do. You mortar round, maybe sixty or eighty-one millimeter mortar. You take that freaking looks like a little rocket, little Peterhead with the freaking fins on the back. It's got an explosive or charge. It's interesting. You can take these fuse. I think it's a fuse, or maybe that's the charge itself. And you drop it down the the tube, and it's got these little C-shaped things, or like foam, or made of plastic explosive, or wherever the fuck they are. And you stick them on the on the mortar tube, or not the mortar tube, on the actual round, and that's how you arm them. You drop it in. A fuse goes off, and the fuse is a small charge that lights a bigger charge, and then it, you'll see it go up and out. You duck down so you don't get your head or hand taken off. Funk. And then a couple seconds later, you look for the splash in the vicinity of the objective. And if you get it right on the objective, then you fire for effect, which means you dump a bunch of rounds on the enemy position or whatever. So that's something to do with your hands, young man. And I, of course, I had to expound on this uh, 
topic, you know, what do you do, what do we do in the Marine Corps? Well, I was a, you know, a jet fighter. I was a foot soldier. I was, I was a killer. That's what we were. That's what, that's what the infantry is. You are the foot soldiers, the warriors that you send in. You watch fucking Braveheart or Saving Private Ryan. Braveheart, you're the guys that are running across the field, um, you know, shoulder to shoulder with your brothers and perhaps sisters, and you're running, and you got friggin' shields and swords and pikes and everything else. And Saving Private Ryan, the foot soldiers, the the guys that did what I did were jumping off of those landing crafts into certain death. You know, again, not to uh, romanticize or... brag about it because I've kind of had an epiphany at midlife here. Somebody asked me about service. I'm crazy about service. I love helping people. I love uh, negotiating obstacles and getting gritty and sucking it up and driving on, you know, despite challenges of life. It's I've used every one of these intangible um, intangible elements that I picked up along, you know, the course of service. I carry it around with me, but I've I've risen above some of the stupidity of it, which is basically fighting and violence just to be, just for the sake of it, you know, to be pushed around there like a little action figure, a little plastic army man that you can hide underneath a a pillow or in a crumpled up blanket and shoot other guys and a tank rolls in. Hey man, what are you doing? Pew, 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 pew. pew. Playing cowboys and Indians or army man or whatever the fuck. That's all young man shit, testosterone driven stuff. I'm, listen, I'm glad I'm a big, strong violent guy or have the ability to do that because if you didn't have it then you know you might feel like easy pickings for the bullies so I don't have that problem but um, philosophically I've risen far above the fray the violence Um, but I'm glad I did that glad of those adventures of my youth. I was talking to this friend of mine who asked about it, brought the topic up. Uh, she likes to knit, and we had spoken in the past about this philosophy. I think it was from Alan Watts, and he was talking about how art, let's say embroidery uh, or knitting, you know, if you look on the back of a patch or an embroidered patch, let's say, it looks like shit. But all that messy fabric and threads uh, on the other side, on the side that you show people, it's it looks neat and orderly and beautiful, right? We go. I think the patch is a good analogy. All these, you know, the imperfections are hidden on on the side that you show people. And I think human beings are like that. We are all fragments, shattered, um, imperfect, flawed, uh, 
sinners, whatever you want to call it. And we like to put our best, our shiny side forward, our, you know, the, you know, like the, we like to work out and so our muscles show through our shirt or pop out of our sleeves or we like to do our hair in a certain way that, you know, makes us look nice and neat and approachable and whatever, you know, it's interesting about that. How the, how the, you know, we hide that one side. We could call it the light and the dark, the bright and the shadow. You know, that other phrase where uh, bright light, dark shadow, same thing, yin and the yang. So I find that very interesting. And I find it also applicable, just not sugarcoating shit. That's a, one of my favorite phrases, my father he would use that. Don't sugarcoat shit. So that's it. You know, try to be honest, try to be, uh, real, try to tell people, you know, there's always a story behind everything. It's not just simple. What'd you do when you, well, I was a 0311 infantryman. I was a fucking killer, man. So we trained to do, that was my job. Now you have to deal if you're, uh, intellectually inclined you have to face that and and you walk around like with machismo hanging out of your pockets for the rest of your life, pulling your dick out, showing people how tough you are, how, how strong, how capable, how virile you are. Um, and I choose to uh, to just be honest and open and um, be reflective, insightful about the life that we've led. Uh, you know, so I'll tie this up now. Talking about the times that we're in and the stories that I told you earlier today about some of the people around me that are suffering and, you know, the time that they think that, you know, the things that we complain about, the small things that, uh, like the things we got to do. Oh, I got to bring the car in for inspection tomorrow. I got to pay this bill tomorrow. I got to uh, go to the food store tomorrow. I got to go to work tomorrow. And, oh, man, it sucks. And the, we are subject to the mundane, and we have to make this, have decisions to make every day that will influence the course of our life. We talked about this morning uh, or this afternoon. We mentioned I mentioned um, making time your ally, and how through preparation and through small incremental changes, we can kind of you know there'll be an additive effect to our. Um, our life, you know, to a task, something we want to achieve, or a result, an outcome we're looking for, and so we work on that every day. We exercise, we walk a little bit, we work out, we do, you know, 100 push-ups a day. Or by the end of the week, we're freaking big and strong. We've, you know, or we study, we work on, we study, we rest, we study, we rest, we eat, we sleep. You become better as a result of the hard work and your body just adapting and processing all that. But despite our best plans, you can get friggin' a giant shit taken on you. You know, you can get diagnosed with a horrible affliction. You can lose everything. Even things that are the most dear to you. It can happen in an instant. And even though it seems improbable right now, you never know what tomorrow holds. So you gotta fucking be vigilant. 
you got to be prepared you got to be strong of body and mind you have to have a good team a good tribe people who understand you and you got to be good to them so they take care of you uh, you know when you fall they'll pick you up but even then life can take a gigantic shit on you it's not fair it's not god's not looking over you protecting you necessarily if that's what you believe, then maybe there's some truth to it. Just in the little placebo effect of your uh, your belief, you know, it's real. If you believe it is. I think that we create our destiny in a lot of ways. And if a deity is important, crucial to your well-being, then whatever gets you through the day, man. But the universe doesn't really fucking know we exist doesn't care nobody's I don't think anybody's watching over us certainly not any humanoid any grandfatherly creature looking over us making sure that you know hey, everything's going to be okay because no okay you got to work you got to work hard you got to dig your best you have to be kind to people. You have to put things out there into the universe, goodness, and hope that it responds in kind. And sometimes it will. And sometimes it won't. Sometimes there'll be unjust and unwarranted suffering that you'll be exposed to. So that's interesting. On, on, a, on a closing note, I, I shared this awesome quote I think it was by Wayne Dyer, Doctor. He's a, you know, I haven't read all his shit, but he's pretty good. He's an MD and a philosopher and all that stuff, self help stuff, chicken soup for the soul type of guy. And he's talking about, he said, and, and Alan Watts might have said this before him, and I'm sure some. Other philosophers said it in many different forms over the you know, time. It says, the wake doesn't drive the boat. So imagine being out there on the water, or even better, from above, bird's eye view, and you see, let's say you're in a nice beach house, and it's up three stories, and you're on a balcony. You're sitting out there drinking a beer, and a burger, eating a burger. And you look down, there's all these boats cruising around on the bay. And you got these gigantic, powerful boats, and cabin cruisers, and little fishing boats, and everything in between, jet skis, and all that shit. And you look at the wake of these boats. It's powerful, it's impressive. Same thing, you look up in the sky, you see that cloud from the, uh, the of condensation, the emissions from a plane. You'd be tempted to think that the plane, or the, um, the that the wake, drives the boat. No. There's a pilot of that boat, of that plane, of that car. You know, that's controlling everything, and there's an engine in there. And that is the present, you know, whereas the, the wake is in our past.
And so we have to try to pilot our lives like that and try to, you know, look ahead and if there's some rough waters or some unquestionable rocks, you know, along the shore, we need to be able to navigate around them and, 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 um, make, uh, what is this fuck doing? Make assumptions and make educated guesses about what the fuck is going on. Ambulances flying around. Dick wads every which way. I'll be here for a while, I guess. Um, taking my little extended tour here because when I'm not done with my podcast, I don't like pulling into my driveway and sitting there like a fucking dope. While my kids are running around, the dog's taking a dump. But it would be nice if this fucking light would turn green. Um, so yeah, it'd be nice to be able to make some educated guesses about the uh, the terrain ahead. And is there a fucking tidal wave ahead? Are we gonna we're gonna run across a reef or a shoal? Um, as the pilot of that boat, we have to obey the signals that are on that water and look out for obstacles. You get my drift. So finally, I posted that, and one of my buddies who just got out of Facebook jail, I think, he's the best, man. He's he's kind of a troll-type guy. Like, he likes to fuck with people and push buttons on social media and says some pretty outrageous things. Now, I think that he'd be a little bit different. He was always kind of a, an edgy guy. I served with him. Um, but I think he's a really smart guy and he likes to kind of let it all hang out. So he says to uh, to my quote, he says, I like to leave, you know, the, with a, the wake doesn't drive the boat. He goes, I like to leave a scar behind me everywhere I go. And I said, you know what, I wouldn't change it. And that's true. I, I honestly feel that way. And when I say that, I'm kind of waxing philosophical about the work that we did uh, back in the day and the work we trained to do anyway. and the way he chooses to live his life like here is somebody that regardless of how he behaves I mean within reason but I understand him at least to a degree I understand that he remains a kind of stripped away sort of no filter kind of guy who is really smart and on some level just likes to fuck with people and he's got his he knows who his his people are which is essentially United States Marines and <clears throat> people that share the type of work that he does which is like iron work you know it's a real close knit fucking nothing sacred kind of community 
that we are members of. And though some of us have been softened, as I described, I don't really have a need at this point in time to be like a fucking ruffian or uh, buy an arsenal of firearms or, you know, go to the range every weekend or uh, train MMA. You know, I mean, these are all things that I enjoy, I enjoy and I have an appreciation for, but... I don't feel like I need to maintain that pattern. And I think that I share that that feeling, that sentiment with with everyone, with with a lot of the guys that I served with. There's still a penchant for a rough living type of guy, you know, like let's go out, fucking hike it out, let's fucking work out until um, you know, we got a good pump going on. Let's go out into the range and shoot all kinds of firearms and watch things blow up. Let's poke the bear with this guy over here and call him on his bullshit. Let's, you know what I mean? It's, it's a great, it was a great experience to, to be part of something like that where it's just like, fuck it, it's just us against the world. You know, it'd be like one of those soldiers from Braveheart, you know, one of uh, William Wallace's... Uh, cobbled together band that, you know, you give him a sword or a, or a lance and a and a shield and half-ass gear and send him out to the battlefield. And then he goes home after that. He just tells the same stories about those occasions and all the things that he did or didn't do or made shit up. It just, you know, we love that sort of storytelling. There's part of us as human beings, we like to we like that. It's a simpler life. It's a, it's a moment frozen in time where we are living on the edge. Where we could have, we, we were gambling with it all. We could have died, we could have um, lost, we could have failed, and we pushed on. We, we learned something about ourselves. We learned how much we can take and there, of course, there are movies and books written about all that stuff. And, and that's what I'm crazy about. That's what I, I shine that bullshit on uh, my, my experiences, uh, peacetime experiences at the United States Marine. Shine, shined it on exercise and for 15 years ran a boot camp where I taught people how to stay motivated and how to, um, you know, train and, and appreciate the outdoors. And it was kind of like a survival program, right? teaching people how to, how to make it, how to, you know, push ahead when the chips are down and come together. And and I, it's interesting. Anyway, there's a lot there, but very complex, I guess, is the mind of, of Dr. Drill, but just some thoughts to end the day. I'm going to go home, love my family, pet my dog, eat a meal, drink a beer, and sleep in tomorrow. Everybody have a great uh, week. Be thankful and have gratitude for all that you have and be prepared at a moment's notice or at least at the notion of change that uh, it's coming. It's, It's just an eventuality. So... We have to be able to function day to day 
game the mundane, not take lives too seriously, understand that at one point in time, maybe sooner than we th- we planned, all this could end. You know, now, I think should be a time when uh, fucking things are going sideways and you got the COVID-19. COVID-19! Oh, the wind of God. COVID fucking 19 and shitty economy coming our way and tenets of our great nation being tested. Fucked up leaders. Fucked up media. Everything's for sale. It'll make somebody bitter. You know? But you got to see this shit. You got to see this. Try to strip it away and see things for what they are. Right now is a very fucked up time. So we try to fucking grin and bear it, drive through, extrapolate the lessons learned from our day to day experiences to the following day and try to teach our kids the same. Take care of one another. Everybody have a good night. (laughs)